Hi friend, it's 2020, and let's be real. If you're anything like me, this year is not going the way you planned. It may feel lonely, scary, disappointing, or even overwhelming. But especially in times like these, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself longing for something better, something real? When all else has been stripped away, what matters most? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed two years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ. And it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you don't know what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement, can I get an amen? (laughs) This podcast is for you. Please come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm so thankful you're listening today. You guys, today I am joined by a very special co-host. She's one of the people I often have in the back of my mind when I'm recording this podcast. And today she's actually joining me from Europe. I call her my German niece, Tati. I'm so excited you're here. Yay! Hi, Janelle. (laughs) Me too. I'm so excited to be on one of of your episodes. Well, friend, we started (laughs) this year with the intention of talking about clarity on this podcast. And that's what we're still doing. Clarity means we're looking for transparency and differentiating between what is counterfeit and what is real. Each month, we've been talking about clarity around different issues, issues that I personally want more clarity in, and maybe you want that too. This month, we've been having some deep conversations about living with the gospel. In other words, what difference does the gospel of Jesus Christ make? even and especially in times when life feels upside down or just crazy. If you want to get the reflective questions that will challenge you to wrestle with questions surrounding the gospel, you can access them via my website at janellewood.com. Just look for the section at the top of the page that says Clarity 2020. Today, we are very excited to welcome an itinerant speaker for Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, RZIM, For those who don't know, RZIM is a global ministry designed to meet millions of questioners with thoughtful answers concerning faith in God. The man we're talking with today has a passion for sharing the truth about Jesus Christ and the Christian worldview, enjoys speaking on topics such as slavery in the Bible, culture and Christianity, ethics, and urban issues. I'm so excited to welcome to the Finding Something Real podcast, Brandon Cleaver. Brandon Welcome. Oh, thank you, Janelle. It's an honor and a privilege uh, to be on your podcast, especially with uh, Tati joining us. <laughs> <laughs> I know, extra special. <laughs> so, Brandon, I am so thankful that you are able to take the time to be here. I am excited about this for many reasons. First, because Alan spoke so highly of you. Um, Alan Crostick uh, connected us. But Also, I've been a fan of Ravi Zacharias and many of the RZIM speakers for many years now. 
I've spent many laundry hours listening to YouTube videos and podcast episodes put out by the RZIM <laughs> ministry. <laughs> Whenever I felt insecure about faith-related issues or just wanted to grow a little deeper in a particular area of cultural concern, I've many times gone to YouTube and searched for something from RZIM to fill my mind. Hmm. So what is your story and how did you start working with them? Well, those are very uh, kind words, and uh, let me say the I, I echo those sentiments. Uh, for years and years, I also would Google <laughs> RZIM <laughs> and uh, listen to as many uh, dynamic speakers. And uh, for me, it's just a, a privilege uh, to be on the team. Um, I'm sort of new to the team, and let me say as well, um, I, I really appreciate uh, the friendship and and guidance of uh, you mentioned him, but Alan and also my friend Chan. Uh, both spoke vo very highly uh, of your podcast, of you in particular. Uh, so I just thank you for this opportunity as well. Um, so my story, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version or we'll take up this whole <laughs> podcast <laughs> with that. Uh, I, I, so I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm, I'm still here. I grew up here. And I grew up in a home where we prayed uh, before our meals, uh, but it was more spiritual. It wasn't distinctively Christian. Um, I, I started going to church with my cousin around the age of, uh, probably around the age of 11 or 12, and I received Christ as Lord uh, early in my teens. In my college years, like many other people, I, I sort of fell away and started to do things uh, that I wanted to do, things that were right in my own eyes. And eventually, um, in my early 20s, I uh, ended up having a, a child um, without being married, and uh, we we did we did get married uh, subsequent to that, uh, but it didn't last. Uh, within a, a year, we were going through a divorce and a subsequent uh, child custody uh, case, and so for me, it felt like my life was in a whirlwind. Um, mm -hmm. I would often ask myself, how how did all this come about? Uh, where did I go wrong? What was I doing wrong? Um, and I was doing things at that time that I should not have been doing, uh, frankly. Uh, so one day I was uh, in the shower and um, I had the radio on. I didn't have it turned to any particular station or anything like that. And this preacher came on and his name was uh, Pastor Adrian Rogers. He's passed away since, but uh, he has a ministry called Love Worth Finding. And he gave this sermon, and his sermon was entitled uh, The Cup. You can actually go on YouTube and find it now. And this this sermon had to do with Jesus' uh, encounter at the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, particularly, uh, I believe, in, in, in the book of Luke. And as he, I had heard this story many times uh, before, and it never, it never resonated with me in any um, in any sort of soul-stirring way. But the way that Pastor Adrian Rogers described the sins that were in that cup that Jesus reluctantly took on on our behalf, it, I started to say, wow, that's that's my sin, and, and that's my sin, and that's my... And, you know, so he was going through this, all of these different sins, and it, it really started to resonate with me. And all of a sudden, um, sort of inexplicably, I just started to weep. And I don't remember a lot of what happened after that. I do remember that I fell to my knees and I was crying uh, until the water in the shower got cold. And I just started to talk to God. And um, again, I don't remember a lot of what I said, but I do remember at the very end, I, I said, 
uh, Jesus, I've been doing things my own way for a long time now. Please take hold of my life and do with it what you will. And the funny thing about prayer is <laughs> sometimes God will take you very serious. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he took me very serious. And I, I had never wanted to go into public speaking. Uh, that was the furthest thing. In fact, my bachelor's degree at Michigan State University was in uh, journalism and particularly print journalism. I was a sports reporter mm -hmm. out in Des Moines, Iowa for a number of years. And um, I specifically went into print because I didn't want to be in front of the camera. Uh, <laughs> so uh, through uh, uh, many different circumstances, I won't go through them all, uh, many diff different circumstances. At the time, I was studying to actually go back to school and earn an MBA. Uh, but ne now I'm, I have a master's in Christian apologetics. And right now I'm in school at Moody Theological Seminary, uh, finishing up a degree uh, for a master's of uh, divinity. And I had the privilege of joining the uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Uh, actually, just just over a year ago, April 1st, 2019 was my first day. So I'm one of the newest members of, uh, of RZIM. So that's uh, that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. And, and, let, and let me just say this one part now. Um, although uh, my oldest son's mother and I aren't together, um, God redeemed our relationship in that uh, we're very good friends. Um, my son pretty much has only ever known us as being close friends. And um, I'm married now. I have two other children. Um, and so our families together are, are really a good blend. So although there was some um, frustrations and things like that many, many years ago, uh, God's grace has really been apparent uh, through both of our families. And I just love that. Uh, I think that's a good lesson for my son, that although this wasn't particularly the way that God wanted things to go, uh, he can still redeem. He can make good things out of out of terrible situations. So I know you enjoy speaking on issues such as slavery uh, in the Bible, culture and urban issues. And um, I have to say, I don't think I've heard of many apologists talking uh, about those social justice type issues. Um, in fact, I, I guess in my own personal experience, I hear more about those topics from mainstream critics or more progressive faith corners. And the Christians that I've seen addressing those topics, mostly I see them doing more of a show, don't tell approach, right? They're just kind of in it. Right. And um, I noticed in your bio that you've been involved in some hands-on ministries as well. But as an apologist, it seems to me that you're kind of blazing a trail. <laughs> and I don't know, you can let me know if I'm right or not, but I guess my question is twofold. Why do you think more Christians don't discuss those type of issues? And where does your passion and love for actually defending the Christian faith come from as it relates to those things? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Janelle. And um, it's, it's very kind of you to use the, the term uh, trailblazer. <laughs> I, certainly, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't use that in, in reference to myself. Uh, I've, I'm standing on the heels of many, many Christian men and women who've been very influential uh, and, and helping me to better understand the gospel, better understand the implications of the gospel. You know, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more later. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, yeah. So my inspiration, I think, comes from the fact that 
understanding who Christ is, uh, what Christ has done, uh, the Bible talks about that it's his love uh, that compels us. And it's his love that compels me not only to work on my vertical relationship with him, but also my horizontal relationship with with each other, with, with other people, whether it be Christians or non-Christians. Um, and so it, it's, it's, it's this understanding of this sort of full-orbed uh, story of, of who Jesus Christ is, the gospel, uh, that I think when, when we have a, a right understanding of that, it will it will compel us and pro- propel us to not only talk about the right things um, in in sort of this maybe abstract theological way, but also to do the right things. There's these two terms. It's called uh, orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Orthodoxy just means believing the right things, and orthopraxy means actually practicing the right things. Oftentimes, Christians, some Christians, will focus on orthodoxy. They'll focus on making sure they have all the theological points to a T. <laughs> um, but the practical implications of those um, are lacking. And then you have those on the other end who focus on the orthopraxy, doing, 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 um, but their orthodoxy, their beliefs uh, may not align correctly with with uh, the Gospels. So I think that as Christians, we have to be particularly mindful of merging these two, of, of doing our best. We're, we're all imperfect, but mm-hmm. doing our best to have both the right beliefs, that orthodoxy, and marry that with the, the practical implications of the Gospels. How does it, how does my understanding of Jesus's teachings, of Jesus's life, of Jesus's uh, sacrifice and what that, what the implications of that is for me as a Christian, how does that work out in how I live my life and how I treat others and how I, you know, go about my, my daily uh, business. Um, so I think that understanding having a, a full orb gospel and not a truncated gospel, uh, one that sort of picks and chooses, or like I said, focuses on orthodoxy or merely orth- orthopraxy uh, will help us to um, just understand the need to, to to help our neighbors. And and frankly, when you look at the Bible, you see all different, uh, many different examples of, of, uh, of Christians helping one another. For example, in Acts, uh, you see this collection of believers when they when they first became believers. What was the first thing that they did? They immediately went and, and sold or gave away many of their belongings to the less fortunate, uh, understanding uh, that that was their duty as their uh, as they pledged their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. When you understand who humans, what humans are, that they are all all of us are made in the image of God. And therefore, we're all endowed with, um, with, with, with uh, worth and dignity and, and significance. Um, that that God sees us in this special way uh, that creates in us uh, this desire um, to want to treat each other in a, in a special and unique way. Just as He loves us, we're to love one another. So, sorry, that was a long answer, but. <laughs> yeah. It was good. It actually, um, 
in between Alan and Chan's uh, podcast this month, I spoke with a former pastor, Richard Dahlstrom from Seattle, and mm. he um, wrote a book called Breathing New Life into Faith, and I just started reading And in chapter one, he talks about that exact thing, although he describes it differently. Mm. But he talks about um, that inhale, you know, inhaling the truth of God's word, wow. exhaling, you know, loving our neighbor. And um, it, it requires the two things. You can't breathe without both. Yes. Um, so I, I hear what you're saying, and I love it. I'd love for you to share about the gospel. Um, is that okay, Tati? What do you think? Of course. Go on. I'm excited. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, man, that's a, that's a big question and such an important one. Um, you know, right now I'm reading this book uh, by James K.A. Smith. Uh, it's, called, it's called On the Road with St. Augustine. And right at the beginning, he he says something that I think is so profound, uh, and I think it's emblematic of the gospel. He says that he says the Christian gospel isn't just an intellectual answer. He said it's more like a, a shelter in a storm, or a port for a wayward wayward soul, or nourishment for a prodigal who was famished. And I think when we think of it in those terms, it helps us to deal with the realities of life, particularly the realities of the coronavirus and the the uh, life's complexities dealing with COVID-19. Uh, but the gospel, to get back to your original question here, many people will say that the gospel is sort of encased. Well, we get the question oftentimes, and we don't have a lot of time to answer. <laughs> so we think, <laughs> what's, what's the quickest and easiest way <laughs> that I can answer this question? Because uh, it really is a, a big question. And so a lot of times people will quote like 1 Corinthians 15, where the New Testament writer Paul says that he received this information of, fir- of most in, of, of first in importance, that Christ died for our sins, that he was raised from the dead. Um, uh, and he goes on and on to, to talk about some other things. That's part of the gospel. And that's a very, very important part of the gospel. So I don't want people to misunderstand that. But the gospel really is, it, the gospel refers to good news. So the question that begs is, what is that good news? And that's the good news of the life and the story of Jesus Christ. The fact that he came um, to live amongst us, to, to suffer with us, to suffer for us, to teach us. Um, and part of that is the fact that an important part, again, that he died uh, for our sins. Um, and so us us placing our trust, our faith in Him, allows us to take uh, to, t- to to reap the benefits of what He's done. The gospel itself isn't about us, and I know that's hard for some people to hear, <laughs> uh, particularly in our um, in our Western society where uh, individualism, in particular, is. Is something that um, it, it's not a bad thing, but it often uh, blinds us, I think, to some things in the gospel. Uh, the gospel isn't about us. It's all about Jesus Christ. But uh, we do have, um, we can reap the benefits of uh, of his work and, and of what he's done for us. Um, and that's that's essentially what, what the gospel is. Tati, do you have any follow-up question to that? I don't know. I... Um, the only thing I know is that um, 
the gospel is a very important part of the Bible. Um, mm. Since Janelle, she loved talking about it, and she <laughs> me when I was in uh, the US and we had our talks. I I just remember that she she just always wanted me to know about it and to keep it in mind and be thoughtful about the meaning of it in the end I think that do you remember that uh, Janelle you wanted to teach me about it and you wanted us to eat together in the gospel and then I had to leave <laughs> you remember that? Chachi I remember lo having lots of spiritual conversations with you and loving every single time can I just be honest I want to say this. Um, what I love about you, Tati, and I've, I've alluded to you many times in this podcast, um, you never shrank back from what you believe or don't believe. You know what I mean? Like you were always honest about that. And it didn't, I think having um, relationship with each other, you know, where we clearly come from different worldviews. Um, I, I mean, I can't imagine loving someone more. <laughs> like I love you so much. I love my other daughters, you know, obviously that God's uh, given me through uh, exchange, um, you know, Ruby and Lika and Lou. And, but I love you all so much, even though you do come from different worldviews. And mm -hmm. so you've given me an incredible gift um, in that, even though you don't accept the gospel as truth at this point in your life, like you've allowed me to be able to share that with you. And, and like Brandon just shared, um, you know, when you, when you, have that freedom that Christ has given you. Like you just want to share it with the world. <laughs> like it just compels you to go, man, it's not about us. It's about him and look what he did. And he sets us free. And um, it's so interesting, Brandon, that you, that you shared about James K.A. Smith. Because number one, I've never heard anyone else quote him. And, um, <laughs> and honestly, I have a book of his that I've been quoting for the last three years, and I have only read a few chapters of it. <laughs> but it's, um, you are what you love. Yes, yes. And it's this whole premise that we are all made to worship every single one of us. Yes. And that none of us can escape that. And um, anyway, and no matter what we're worshiping, that is where we're headed. And uh, anyway, so I just, I, I, as soon as you said that, I got a little distracted because I was thinking, how is it possible you know who that is? <laughs> no, um, he's, 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 he's a fantastic writer and, um, and, and thinker. Um, that's his, it's funny, I, I heard of that book, but I haven't read it yet. I've heard great things about it. And then a friend told me about On the Road with St. Augustine. So I started reading this and I'm going to go back um, to that one. Uh, but I think something that you said, Janelle, are so important. I just love the way that you describe your relationship and just your love for Toddy. Um, you know, the the Christian narrative, the beautiful thing about it to me, one of the beautiful things about it is that both of the concerns of our minds and the cares of our hearts are nestled into the, the Christian narrative. Um, so God takes... He takes seriously um, not only the intellectual questions or concerns that we have, but also the emotional ones. A lot of times, um, particularly as a Christian apologist, you know, I'll, I'll be standing up on, on a stage or a platform or whatever it might be, or or maybe it's just one on one and answering different questions. And uh, 
they're posed as these intellectual uh, concerns that people have. But one thing with RCIM, what we really try and do is focus on the person uh, who's asking the question. Uh, there's often this emotional tie that is linked to the concerns uh, that people have. And so um, that's the beautiful thing to me about the Christian narrative. And particularly in a time like this, what, whatever worldview that one may hold to, uh, and Tati, I'm not sure which worldview uh, you may have, uh, but whether it's yours or whoever's it may be, whether it's of a, a different faith, religion, if it's one like agnosticism or atheism, um, we still have to account for all these different experiences that we have in life. And we have to see how does our worldview match up with that experience? If there's some incongruity, if there's some inconsistencies, um, some incoherency, incoherencies, then we have to ask ourselves, am I holding to the right worldview? And one of the beautiful things about uh, the gospel and the Christian narrative is that God invites our emotions. So when I'm on social media uh, or when I'm talking to my neighbor and I'm hearing the pain that they're going through, the, the suffering, my, my neighbor uh, had the virus twice. And um, both times he was, because um, I went long periods of time without seeing him in his backyard, which is strange for us. <laughs> we are, either of us are, are always seeing the other one. Um, but there, yeah, there was these long periods of time where I didn't see him. And he told me that he was bedridden for six days straight, literally could not get out of bed, like could not move uh, because of the virus. Um, I was talking to someone this morning he and his wife are having extreme financial difficulties because of all the shutdowns. Um, so there's all of these different emotions that people are having right now. And frankly, they're looking for a way to express these things or and in and, and some respects, someone to even care. And when we think about the Christian, um, the narrative of Christianity and the gospel, um, I think about certain books of the Bible like Lamentations, or the Psalms, where these are people openly and openly and, and, and many of the emotions are very, very raw, expressing what they're feeling, what they're going, what they're going through. Some of them are saying what 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 may seem like some pretty harsh things uh, to God, uh, but that's OK, uh, because he can take that and and he loves us. He wants us to express uh, those emotions. And I think that um, he gives us this this language of, of lament that allows us to um, express those, uh, but he doesn't just leave us there. He doesn't want us to be in this perpetual, perpetual state of, 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 of lamentation. Um, instead, he, he gives us hope. And that's why he says, for example, in the 13th chapter of John, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. So he's saying that he's he's taking the realities of this world seriously, saying, don't be surprised when you encounter suffering of various kinds, when you encounter evil of various kinds. But again, he doesn't leave us there. He goes on to say, take heart. I have overcome this world. So there's hope even in the midst of frustration and anger and sorrow and bitterness and despair. And I'll, I'll say this last thing here, uh, then I'll turn it back over uh, uh, to you, Janelle. Something, it's often our perspectives that 
that influence how we how we think. And I remember seeing this demonstration by um, this uh, uh, Christian. Um, he was a pastor, uh, Francis Chan. Uh, he's more of an itinerant, I guess, kind of pastor now. But he gave this demonstration of how to view eternity. And he was on a stage, let's say it was 200 feet wide. It was a big stage. And he had a rope that went from one side of the stage to the other. So imagine this big three-corded braided rope. And at the very end of it, perhaps about an inch of it, there was this red tape. And he said, look at this big, this long rope and then this small piece of tape. He said, this piece of tape represents our current existence and the rest of the rope represents eternity. The reason that he gave this demonstration, I think, is that it wasn't in any way to dilute or diminish the the pains and the sufferings that we all experience uh, in this life. And many of us experience some that I I can't even imagine, Um, like Joni Erickson Tata, who's a been a quadriplegic um, since she was a teenager. And I believe now she may be in her 50s, maybe 50s or 60s. But if we have this perspective that uh, Jesus, um, his death on the cross and my subsequent faith and trust in him as Lord and King um, will will ensure that um, I'm in, in heaven all eternity with him. It makes the sufferings and the the emotions that we feel now uh, seem fleeting in a way, and it helps us to deal with those things. It doesn't always take them away, but it helps us to deal with that. And that's part of why uh, someone like, uh, I think I can speak for you a little bit, Janelle, on this. Um, someone like Janelle or, or myself, we, we like to talk to people about Jesus because it's that hope that has um, that has enveloped us, and it would really be uh, a sin for us to keep it to ourselves and not graciously uh, give that gift uh, to others as well. Well, what do you think about that, Tati? <laughs> right. So um, I get that. I think if you have something that you are so passionate about, I think it's great to share it. And I mean, I met a lot of people in the US, US like that and I remember that so I I am an atheist and I remember coming to the US and Janelle started to talk about God without like saying anything about it and in Germany it's not common you don't we talk about politics about music but not about religion it's just it's just something that it's just uncommon to like talk about it and faith and um, I remember that I never like so I was baptized when I was around four, and then um, I went to my first communion when I was nine. So technically, I'm Catholic, but that is—I noticed that that is more symbolic than it is, than it actually like. It doesn't mean anything to me. I have in school, I have religion class, but um, when I came to the U.S., I noticed that people actually think of God as their creator and like someone that is up there and watches over you and I've never thought of I've never thought of him in that way I always thought of God as a role model that who doesn't really like exist because that's 
<laughs> technically how we or how I, how Europe or Germany um, treats religion and it's more yeah it's more sim symbolic and then coming to the US and talking about it and I mean as how Janelle said it we we've talked a lot about it and a lot about different perspectives and I mean we can all learn from each other and like give each other knowledge and I feel like that's the only way um, people can actually grow and I feel like doubting is a part of that like when I was in the US I doubted a lot like I didn't I sometimes I didn't know what I what I should believe in and I doubted atheism and I doubted Christianity and then I don't know I feel like that that is a very important important part of growing up yeah I, I I appreciate you sharing that. And um, I love what you said about doubting, because I think that is so important. Um, and I think to a certain degree, I'm, I'm quite skeptical <laughs> by nature <laughs> myself. Um, and so for me, even like when I was in college, I started looking into Buddhism pretty heavily. There were some things that really attracted me um, about it. Um, but part of the reason that I never fully embraced it is because looking at some of its beliefs and tenets as a whole, again, it didn't seem to align with reality. Um, so I didn't think that this was the correct worldview um, because because worldviews need to be uh, coherent. Um, they need to be comprehensive meaning. So what I mean by coherent is that they need to make sense, right? Um, comprehensive in that they need to encompass uh, many of the um, uh, experiences, uh, many of the things that we experience in our in our daily lives. And so when I look at Christianity, uh, I think that it does that. Like I said earlier, it's not, it doesn't just, it, it, it's a combination of um, both, it's able to answer many of the intellectual questions that we have. Uh, but it also is able to deal with the emotional or the existential uh, concerns that we have as well. A big part of the reason that I'm a Christian is because I believe that it's true, not because I believe that it's convenient. Trust me, <laughs> many times it's not convenient, <laughs> uh, but I believe it's true. Um, I believe that there's uh, evidence for it. You know, one of the interesting things is, uh, Tati, have you ever heard of this term, uh, Doubting Thomas? No, I haven't. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was a popular phrase in, in Germany. Uh -uh. Um, well, Doubting Thomas is this sort of cultural phrase that we have here uh, in the United States, but a lot of people don't know where it came from. And it, it, it just comes from, it has to do with just someone who's, who's doubting, right? Um, mm -hmm. But it comes from the Bible and actually uh, one of Jesus's followers, Thomas, uh, doubted that after he had been crucified, he had died, he had been buried, um, there was people who started to say that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm seeing Jesus. He's actually alive. He's been resurrected. And Thomas didn't believe that, as most, as most people probably wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. um, so one day, uh, Jesus actually appeared to him. And he showed him his hands and his feet. 
and the in the symbol symbolism of him showing his hands and his feet was that hey I got crucified and you can still see those wounds uh, from the nails in my hands and in my my feet. So I think the lesson for that was that even in Thomas's doubt, he didn't excoriate him in any type of way. He didn't um, diminish the importance of of him doubting. Um, he took his doubting serious and he gave him evidence for to, to uh, believe that uh, and who he was. And I think that's what the Christian faith does as, as a whole. It gives us evidences. It gives us a, a proper framework uh, to assess uh, reality and, and make sense of the different things that we encounter. Um, can if, if I may ask you, let me know if you don't feel comfortable asking this, it's it's totally fine. <laughs> um, what what is it about atheism uh, that maybe attracted you to to that worldview or or that perspective? Okay, that's such a great question, and I think we're going to press pause on this conversation, Brandon and Tati, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. <laughs> and we'll come back in a couple of days to finish our talk. We'll be back in a couple of days with part two to wrap up this episode, and I can't wait. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, or even if you're simply finding it moderately entertaining while living the limbo quarantine life, hey, that works too. Hit subscribe and come back next week when I'll probably be talking with another guest about finding something real in times of detours and disappointments. And if you're on Instagram, please come find me I share Instagram Live weekly podcast recaps at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood most every Friday at 1145 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So please join me for questions and fun live awkwardness. <laughs> you can also find some study guides I've created that I hope add joy and encouragement and challenge to you during this time. You can find those on my website at JanelleWood.com just look for Clarity 2020 at the top of the page. And now, just so you know, if you only remember one thing about this podcast, I hope that it's this. No matter who you are, Jesus Christ loves you and you have a purpose. May you truly believe it, friend. Until next time. <laughs>